So I'm going to talk with you about uh, three things, about faith and uh, fathers and tests. But it's um, stuff that's going to relate to every single one of you. I don't care whether you're male or female, whether you're single or unmarried, uh, young or old, it doesn't matter. This is for everyone. So what I want to just make one point perfectly clear, and I'm not going for office or anything, but I want to say this right off the top, uh, this particular point, that uh, deeper faith is faith that is tested through action. Deeper faith is faith that's tested through action. So uh, that's the, you know, primary thing. So say it with me, deeper faith is faith that is tested through action. Uh, so that's basically the point. So you can uh, leave now if you want, but um, let's pray together. <clears throat> Lord, uh, everything we pray uh, <clears throat> is your work not only on the outside, but on the inside, and it's from you. So we pray that by your Spirit you would open us up to uh, what you have for us and what you want to do in us. And humbly and gratefully, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So uh, we've been working through a, a sermon series that Pastor Travis um, uh, started a while back called Deeper Faith. And by the way, Pastor Travis, on sabbatical, will be returning. Say, will be returning. <laughs> That's right. All right. So don't freak out. Um, or some of you stop clapping. But anyhow, he will be returning. And, uh, but anyhow, he started a series called Deeper Faith, and we're going to continue on, and he's going to pick up on that when he comes back. Okay, so take out a half a sheet of paper. No. Uh, but you want to be ready when he comes back from things that God has been showing you through this uh, particular series. So we're working through a series on uh, Deeper Faith, but as far as I'm concerned, I need deeper faith. <laughs> I really do. I need deeper faith. But if faith is faith is tested through action, one thing I want to also say at the very beginning is that, uh, let's see, how do I say this? My stuff is my stuff and your stuff is your stuff. <laughs> now what I mean is your greatest challenge is your greatest challenge. Do not compare your greatest challenge with anyone else's greater challenge because I'm certain somebody here has got a greater challenge than the rest of us. And uh, so anyhow, if your faith is tested, it's going to be your hardest deal, okay? So I don't care what it is, uh, do not compare it with anyone else. It's your uh, test and yours alone. So uh, we're all on the same page here. So a particular passage that a uh, little uh, segment of verses that I want to cover with you uh, is found in Hebrews 11, 17 through 19. And uh, if you have your Bibles with you or your apps with you or whatever, or you can look up on the screen, uh, the verses are as follows. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, there's that word, uh, offered up Isaac and he would receive the promises was in the act of offering up his son, whom he it is said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. Now, that's the text, and we're going to spend some more time around uh, this and other places. But I want to start with tests, 
<clears throat> that'll get your attention. If I start with tests, I need to say, <laughs> I hate tests. Honestly, I hate them. I hate them. I have struggled with grades all through grade school, high school, seminary, and yes, some of you are nodding your heads. Um, I want to hear your confession after the service. But anyhow, really hated them. Um, so it's kind of like tests. Oh yeah, did I measure up? Did I not measure up? Am I going to pass? Am I going to fail? Um, you know, am I good enough, not good enough? And certainly not as good as those wonderful people who went up and handed in their exams long before I was finishing my first name on the piece of paper. But that shows my age. And it, nevertheless, I hated them. So being so smart, which I say you're smart to me. <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, being so smart, this is my deduction about tests. Tests are to trip me up, to mess me up to uh, that kind of thing. Or tests are uh, to prove to me that I'm dumb. <laughs> uh, I, I, I remember uh, all those red marks. Do they still do check red marks or something on paper or something that just indicates? I had one teacher, she just had this flair for taking a red pen and go like that and all over the place. And I'd get this piece of paper and it, as far as I'm concerned, or my test, I was terrible. So anyhow, it proved to me that. Uh, or I know what tests are all about. Tests are to punish me for what I failed to do or what I should have done but didn't. That was my conclusion. So those were my conclusions. Anybody relate to any of those conclusions in your life about tests? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And put your hand up proudly, by the way. Uh, but is that really what tests are all about? In Scripture, is that really what tests are all about? And the answer is no. Say no out loud. No. No, it isn't. Okay, so um, sometimes tests are, well, they're there to show the teacher what I've learned. Okay, evaluation. Uh, sometimes tests, though, are for the purpose of strengthening me. Strengthening me, or uh, I could say strengthening me, but not measuring me. Okay, strengthening me, but not measuring me. Um, the purpose is so that I would be stronger, um, stronger, uh, more able, uh, more certain of things about myself. Uh, tested is the word used, kind of like a blade in battle. I love those movies, <laughs> but a blade, or for some of you, like a battery just before a really wicked, say wicked, I, I just, that main thing, uh, the, a wicked main uh, cold winter, you want to test your battery because you want to find out if it's strong, if it's reliable, okay? Uh, and that's the same concept with faith, your faith. Um, to see if it's there, if it's strong enough, if it's reliable. Um, can my faith, can your faith be reliable? Can it really be there when you need it? Okay, that's, that's the deal. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about tests. Uh, so tests are not so much to show God, <clears throat> but rather to show me about the reliability of the faith that he's given to me, period. Okay, so uh, there are a couple of other scripture references of places, or several, but I'm only going to give two. First one is in the Old Testament, in Deuteronomy 
and it's a brief one talking about the people in Israel. And it says, in the wilderness, he fed you with manna, which your fathers did not know. Got that one. That he might humble you. Uh, that's an ouch. And that he might test you. Mm. And then it says to do good for you. Uh, to, get, to do good for you in the end. So if I think about that, that's kind of about me uh, in a sense, or us, okay? And then let flap over to the New Testament, 1 Peter 1, 6 or 7, uh, says in this, in the sense of in the new birth in Christ, you uh, rejoice, though now, there's always a string attached, right? <laughs> uh, but though now, for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, in other words, the example of it, evidence of it, the more precious than gold that perishes though it's tested by fire, that's the example there, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor uh, for the re at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So it's, it's in a sense that test is for you. It's for me. It's for us, okay? Uh, so again, the test is not so much to show God something, uh, but to strengthen us and to glorify himself. So it's largely this kind of a deal, uh, uh, the case with Father God. I'll say that word, Father God, or the Holy Father God. Uh, but also, when he tested Father Abraham, okay, and that's why we're looking at it, and his faith was tested. So deeper faith is faith that's tested through action. Deeper faith is faith that's tested through action. Got it? Okay, so um, with that in view, and I'm going to do this and try to do this very slowly, but there we go. Um, I want to talk about fathers briefly. Um, somebody said it was Father's Day, and to all of you who are Fathers, um, happy Father's Day. I really mean that. Uh, that's really special and all of that kind of a thing. But, uh, you know, with a, a group this size, and you're smiling so much, <laughs> a group this size, the truth of the deal is, for some of us here, um, painfully, you've never been a father even though maybe you want to be, and then you just haven't been a father. Or for some, your father is no longer living. Okay, that's a truth that's told to. And then there are some here who, quite honestly, could I just say it bluntly, you've been, you've grown up with a really messed up family. Okay, messed up fathers. Okay, I'm just going to say it that kind of a way. But that's the truth of a group this size. And I don't know where you fit or not fit, but some of you do in that context. So I just want to briefly, briefly give you uh, six different kinds of fathers that, yeah, that sometimes are not the best kind of fathers. Uh, they all start with the letter A, and I'm not going to swear or anything like that. But the first one, I'm sorry, because some of you already went there. I, I just know it, okay? Um, but... There are some fathers that are authoritative. Uh, authority. So the demanding father, you know, just uh, always expecting everyone to measure up. Okay, that kind of a father, authoritative. Another one is antagonistic. Uh, you know, kind of irritating. 
causing confliction and division and all kinds of stuff, maybe even around the table. Uh, another one may be an absent father. So I'm talking about uh, missing, never present in body or mind, uh, MIA, okay? Or maybe another one might be an active father. Uh, and when I'm talking about active, I'm talking about something like, uh, uh, you know, always moving, always busy, always something important that they, more important that they have to be about. Very busy, okay? Very active. <clears throat> Another one might be an abusive father. Uh, abusive in the sense of uh, hurting, degrading, uh, hurtful verbally, emotionally, uh, physically, and even for some sexually, okay? So abusive. Another one might be what I would call my uh, which is kind of tough to say, but kind of an accessory type of uh, father. And what I mean by that is yielding, easily manipulative, uh, kind of like a dispenser dad type of thing. So uh, whatever you need, uh, giving you uh, kind of like a, I don't know, maybe you could say a Siri dad or, or an Alexa. That's, that doesn't work. A, and how about an Alex? <laughs> uh, kind of a dad that just came to me. Uh, but often, you see, we project, uh, we project uh, one of these kinds of types of fathers that we've experienced onto God the Father, that type of thing. So we project that on, even though Jesus comes along and he says, I want you to know my father. I want you to call him Abba. Now, Abba, an endearing term, kind of like daddy, it also, in a sense, the same Abba, the same father is all-powerful, all-knowing, uh, all-present, all-just, all-loving, okay? Uh, so, you know what I'm saying? It's this concept out there. This is father, but wow, uh, this is uh, pretty profound. So, who or what is God the Father to you? That's, that's the long way to get to the question for you. Uh, and only you can answer that, but who is Father God to you? Uh, and uh, uh, is he uh, one to whom you can willingly, eagerly, uh, you know, relate to, kind of just, you know, got something, uh, Daddy, to tell you, Abba? Or is it God something more like your own, say, negative experience of uh, you know, father. Uh, so that's the father part. And then the faith part. Oh, yeah. We always we're, we get down to the faith. Okay, so faith, you know, Pastor Travis started us on this series of deeper faith from Hebrews 11, and uh, we're, you know, looking at those. Uh, and he's been, we're, we're kind of working our way through looking at various people who are described as people of faith, uh, significant, uh, even way back in the beginning to Abel and Enoch and Noah and Abraham. All of these were uh, attributed as being individuals of faith. So, wonderful. So, we got all of that going on. And then, at the same time, he gives us, uh, Travis gave us a definition. He said, faith is confidence, confident obedience to go. Uh, you kind of step up or into whatever it is, no matter the consequences or the circumstances. Oh. So if I'm to step into this thing, I'm not supposed to be as concerned about the consequences? Yep, that's true. Okay, if that's what faith is, so get, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that requires courage. It doesn't mean lack of fear. I got faith so I don't 
I'm, I don't have fear. It means I have courage. I'm stepping in. This is what I, uh, this is my faith. No matter what happens, this is me. This is where I'm at. Uh, that kind of thing. So uh, faith involves the whole person. Uh, the, and as he's told us, uh, well, it means uh, mind and will and heart and all those kinds of things. It means the whole person, or you could say body, mind, and spirit, that type of thing. So all of, not part, for some of you, faith is, well, kind of part of who I am. It's my uh, heart piece, or it's my intellectual conclusion piece, and we shouldn't be looking at it that way. We should look at it as faith is all of me, involves every single part of me, even the physical part of me. Um, in some respects, my being up here, just saying, uh, takes a degree of faith, uh, that kind of thing. But it, you know, it doesn't matter. I mean, everything, every part of me. So every step of faith, though, and I remember uh, I was sitting over there when Travis was talking, Pastor Travis was talking about uh, Faith has to be rooted, grounded in God's word, and it should. It should. Its foundation of faith is in uh, the word of God. So that's, you know, very important. So we got all that going on, but here's the thing that you may or may not agree with. Ready? So you ready for some controversy? If I were to say to you that faith and belief are not the same thing. Now, we can argue scripture, and that's fine, and, but I'm talking about in today's mindset, today's culture, where we've all been raised, we kind of use faith and uh, uh, belief interchangeably, almost like synonymously, the same thing. Sort of like, uh, well, I believe Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord. Awesome. Another person will say, well, I have faith in Jesus as my Savior. See what I mean? We use those kind of interchangeably, but I'm here to say I do not feel that they're the same thing. So maybe that's going to mess with some of you, and you know what? Respectfully, I don't care. <laughs> okay, there you go. I'm sure this will be my last sermon. Um, and uh, Pastor Travis, hello, if you hear this or if it makes whatever. Anyhow, bottom line is, uh, what I'm saying is that uh, faith today is not the same as belief. Uh, I want to just simply, uh, you've, some of you have heard this uh, little story before about a, a tightrope walker who stretched a cable across the Niagara Falls, got up on it, and just went all the way across and all the way back, and everybody was all stunned and thought that was wonderful. You know, then he gets a wheelbarrow and he pushes it across all the way to one end and all the way back to the other, and the crowd's all gathered, and they're amazed. <sighs> and then he says to them, who believes that I can take a wheelbarrow loaded all the way across and all the way back? And all hands go up, I believe, I believe, oh, wonderful. He says, so who would like to get in the wheelbarrow with me? Ah, see, no hands go up there. Something, there's a difference there between I believe or I have faith that. 
Okay, that's my point, and hopefully that underscores where I'm going with this. So faith, you see, is something that's it's more intense, it's more, it's more personal, it's more something that really, truly uh, involves you a lot. So faith is belief in action. Say faith is belief in action. Faith is belief in action. That's it, right there. So uh, that's hopefully underscores it. And by the way, I would say in action in everyday life, I don't know where you're going on Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever, but your belief needs to be applied there. Uh, and that's your faith. You just apply it, okay, there. Um, so it's trustfully doing something difficult because of what you believe. Ah, now we're getting really down to it, more intense. Uh, faith's rarely simple, rarely easy. And anyone here who says, oh, I got the faith thing down, I got the doctrine thing down, I got my Bible, I know everything that's in it. First of all, they're, they haven't mastered uh, pride or lying, <laughs> okay? Uh, but definitely, it's not that. It's I want, if, if that's where you're coming from, I want to know how it plays out tomorrow, how it plays out with an ugly boss, how it plays out with your spouse, with it, how it plays out with your kids, where it plays out in the next exam that you get, the next test. You know, I, that's, for me, where I want to see how your faith really is. Or <clears throat> when you're somewhere way up in... Uh, Rooster County, somewhere, I don't know, you're out on a hunting thing and, and you blow the, your tire again and there's no radio signals anywhere. And there you are. And now, how does your belief play out in faith? I, you see what I'm saying? It's that kind of craziness, but I think that's where we really oftentimes live. So is your faith rooted in the witness of God's word, or is it just feelings? Oh, I just feel this, or emotions. I'm just so into Jesus today. Well, what about when you're not into Jesus? What about when uh, things aren't going swell because you're a follower of Jesus Christ? What then? See, see what I mean? It's that kind of a thing. Uh, and so, shouldn't our faith then be tested? Shouldn't our faith be uh, strengthened? And the answer, of course, is yes. Uh, I, my faith is often tested. Now ask me how I like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Okay, I really don't. Um, so, uh, so, we've looked so far at Abraham and, and how his faith has been played out uh, Already in Hebrews 11, it's been preached on. Uh, we know that the name change is important, and he was once Abram, and now he's Abraham. He was once, uh, uh, my, tra my translation would say, you're awesome. You're an awesome father, meaning you're a great father to Abraham, which means a father of any wisdom people out here or smart people, father of many, okay? So he's a father of many. So he's a great father to a awesomer, a great, or the father of many type of thing. So his name's been changed. Well, that's good. Uh, but there's something else playing out here, the promise. Say the promise. So the promise. Oh, what is the promise? Well, there's a lot of different ways you can look at it, but 
it plays out or is said over and over and over again to Abram, Abraham, uh, and there's three components, and uh, we've covered that in the past before. First one, uh, there's three parts, but uh, uh, the primary parts of this promise are that you're uh, going to be a nation, uh, you're going to have a land, and you're going to have a son. It's kind of that type of thing. So, uh, so Abram, Abraham, uh, here's the promise. Uh, you're going to become a people or a nation. You're going to uh, become, uh, you're going to possess a land called Canaan. You're going to uh, have a son. You're going to generate uh, that son yourself, and his name is going to be Isaac. Now, that's a big deal. Say big deal. It's a big deal. Okay, so not, I mean, not the whole promise. I'm talking about the son part. Okay, that's a big deal. So, because you see, for him, logically, if I'm going to be uh, a great, a father of many and big and lots of land and people everywhere, I got to start with a son. See how it boils right down to that? So, if you're going to give me a son, then, okay, Lord, so that's it. And then you realize something else about Abraham. I don't know if you've deduced this or not, but I have. Abraham is not really an awesome guy. I'm going to say it that way. He's, he's, he's a, well, a, ma- a regular kind of guy. He still struggled greatly, like all of us do, even though right now as I look at you, I could say, wow, these are awesome people. I mean, they're just people of faith all up the wazoo everywhere. Or I could would do one-on-one and we could find out who's the worst person, uh, that kind of thing. So the deal is... Abraham had faith, but he struggled as well. You know what he did? He, some of you already know, he, he, he tried to manipulate things. So we're like, well, we're going to do an end run around this thing about a son. Uh, and besides, I'm becoming really old, and my old lady is really old. And so, consequently, how's this thing going to happen? And so he, they, he has a son through someone else and thinking, ah, that's going to be it. Gives him the name, all set, except that wasn't the son that God was talking about. There were other things, of course, true, uh, but he tried to manipulate God and take matters into his own hands. I'm looking at you. Of course, you've never taken matters into your own hands, Right? Uh, you've never tried an end run around God. Of course, I never have because I'm, you know, called a pastor. No, I'm, I have as well. Okay, we've all tried end runs, uh, and yet God called him something else. He said, "You know what? You are a, uh, you are someone extremely special. You are. I'm going to call you a righteous man. Really, he's declared righteous after all that. Yep." Uh, and so that's God's call. So basically, all that's going on, and he is called righteous, and he's a real person. And then we found out further from some sermons that were brought out to us that from Pastor Ian that um, God was able to bring life out of something as good as dead. 
that's pretty amazing. And we saw that that was so. Uh, and then we, as Zan said, we, you know, Abraham had been given something very, very special, okay, and asked to sacrifice that, and something very temporal for something eternal. Uh, and, he, you know, that was something, he had to give up something that was very cherished to him. Uh, but that was a hard thing, really hard. Okay, so have you been there? Have you ever had to give up something very cherished? that you waited for a long, long time, let's say you actually had that, whatever it is, and then taken from you, uh, that's a hard thing, and that's him. So I want you to hear this, trust to believe it, and obedience to do what you believe, that's real faith. Trust, okay, okay, so it's gonna, it, it, I need to believe it, I need to obey it and trust God nevertheless. That's real faith. Okay, so believe it's, believing in the right things, great, awesome. I'm glad you believe in the right things. Wonderful. Uh, but doing the right things because of what you believe, well, that's even greater. That's uh, awesome. And it's one thing to believe it and say that you believe it, but it's quite another thing to do it because of what you believe. You see what I'm saying? I want to complicate things, but I think that's what it comes down to. So are you willing to act on what you believe? Uh, that's a hard question. How, are you willing to act on what you believe? Abraham was, it was it, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham loved his son, but he didn't... His love for his son didn't get in the way for, of his love for God. Uh, okay. Abraham's faith was still tested. Okay, we've already established what a test really is. So deeper faith is faith that is actually put into action. Okay, tested through action. Okay, so in Genesis 20, there's this long passage, which I'm kind of looking at things here. And uh, for those of you that don't know the story, I'm just going to do parts of it. Uh, after these things, God tested Abraham and said, Abraham, and he said, here I am, and he, God said, take your son, your only son whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering as one, on one of the mountains in which I tell you. And then we read in verse 3, which is just a mind blower to me. So Abraham arose when? Early in the morning? Are you kidding me? I would have said, well, first, Lord, I've got to fast and pray for nine 10 years, and then maybe, and said it says early the next morning, he saddled his donkey, took two of his young men with him, and then don't miss this, and his son Isaac. He cut the wood and an offering and rose and went to the place of which God told him. And on the third day, uh, you know, seeing that place, basically took his son up there. I'm skipping here. The Abraham said to the young men, and I don't miss this one too, stay here with the donkey, and then what does this say? I and the boy will go over there and worship and come back to you. Some translations say, and we will come back to you. Pretty profound. I slipped over that so many times. And uh, so he goes to the mountain. I'm 
passing a bunch of verses. And then in 8, or 9, verse 9, he says, When they came to the place of which God told him, Abraham built the altar, laid the wood in order, and then he bound his son Isaac, laid him on the altar uh, with, on top of the wood, and Abraham reached out with his knife, I'm paraphrasing here, to uh, basically prepare the offering and... At the last second, so to speak, he hears these words, Abraham said twice to get his attention. Um, And he said, I'm here. And he said, uh, in verse 12, do not lay your hand on the boy or anything. Don't do anything to him. And then it says, for now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son, from me. So Abraham, I'm paraphrasing again the ending, he looks around and he sees a ram that is nearby and he gets that ram and then he declares at the end, he says, on the mount of the Lord, uh, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. You know where that mount, anybody know where this place is called the Temple Mount? Where's the Temple Mount in, say, the capital? Say it out loud. Jerusalem. So, you know, this was way before there was a Jerusalem. It's the same place. Let me make two, uh, two observations about that whole story, which can kind of be awesome because you've heard it before or you're hearing it. It doesn't matter. It's going to mess with your head a little bit. So let me just say this. It's not really the first observation, but if we miss this, we've missed everything. It's kind of a foretelling of how Father God is going to be with his only son, Jesus, okay? It's that sacrificial thing. That, so don't miss that. That's the most important thing. But here's the, another two observations. The test was about Abraham needing to let go of what he treasured. The first thing was the test was needing to let go of what he treasured. See, we're all about the who's going to take a kid up on a hill and you know, offer them to some sacrifice. I mean, that whole sacrificial system thing was in the culture all over the place. And so it was not unusual, but in a sense, this was not right. And they knew as a people this was not right. But he went up there to do this thing. It's a foretelling of Jesus being sacrificed on the cross for you and for me. So Father, Son for us. But the real message here is it was a test. The test Abraham uh, needing to let go of something that he really, really treasured. So let go is a test for all of us, okay? So what's God asking you right now? What's he testing you and saying, I want you to let go. I want you to let go of it. But, but God, if I let go of this, he's saying, let go of it, trust me, let go. So what's God asking you to let go of? Second thing, tests required both faith and trust as well as obedience with eyes wide open. Test requires both faith and trust with eyes wide open. We're not talking about close your eyes and have blind obedience and just trust God. No, it's saying look at it straight in the eye and say this is the way it is. Now I'm, I'm at a fork in the road. Do I go with this thing or not go with this thing? Uh, what is God telling me to do? Okay, so eyes wide open, not closed, uh, that kind of thing. Not some kind of emotional, uh, okay, I've logically cl- come to the conclusion that, or emotionally I feel good about this, or I don't feel good. Not that, it's just saying, look, I want you to look at it straight on and say, 
uh, are you willing to trust me in this? Are you willing to obey me in this? So listen, a test is not to see if you pass. So stop, get, get rid of all of that, okay? This is not, you know, this is a test, this is a test. It's not a test to see if you're going to pass. But rather, are you ready to progress? Are you ready to go further with me in this? That's the kind of test. So we need faith that can take the heat of life, whatever the heat is for you, to take it totally, okay? So, so take that, okay, and see what it is you learn. Now, the final verse I want to throw in, and then we'll con- conclude, um, is taken from James, uh, uh, chapter 2, 18 through 22. Someone will say, argumentatively, you have faith and I have works, But, James says, show me your faith apart from your works, and I'll show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do, that's great. But even the demons believe and shudder. Don't, or do you not want to, uh, basically says, do you want to be a foolish person or not here? Uh, A faith apart from works is useless. Was not Abraham our father justified by works? when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar. You see, James said in the New Testament, you see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works. So deeper faith is faith that is tested through action, evidence, okay? So here we go. Final thing here, and, and we'll end with this. Some of you know, and worship team can come up, that my mouth is stuck to the roof of my mouth. Uh, Stephen Curry, does that name mean anything to any of you basketball fans? So I'm Stephen Curry, uh, for those of you who don't, and by the way, this is a nod to Pastor Travis because it's about basketball. Got to work in basketball, by the way. If you're going to preach in this house, you've got to talk about basketball somewhere. Um, so Stephen Curry, for those of you who don't know, he was a three-point guy, three-pointer, with a team that almost won but didn't, uh, unfortunately, the Warriors. Um, but I don't know, if, did any of you know that he was a prof- he's a professing Christian? Uh, and also invests in something called Active Faith, which is in a Christian uh, sportswear company. Active faith. Interesting. So this is what he said about faith. He said, I felt a calling about his Christian faith. I felt a calling, went down to the altar, gave my life to Christ, and that became the beginning of my own personal journey uh, as a Christian. Then he said this, faith to me is believing in the unseen and having conviction that there is a higher power that has given me a purpose for uh, what I'm doing on this earth and for me that is the foundation of how I live my life. So he's saying, my Christian faith is the foundation of how I live my life. And then he goes on uh, and says this, my, my faith is tested on the court as much as on life, but it is the part that always keeps me focused on what I need to do when it comes to my family, when it comes to my job, when it comes to how I treat other people and my appreciation for life. So listen, tests happen. <laughs> Tests happen, but faith doesn't. Tests happen, but faith doesn't. Um, There's a lot of ways that you'll be tested, and you are being tested every single day you're tested. So tests happen, okay? But faith doesn't. Faith, you see, needs to be planted. This, I believe, the seed 
but it needs to be nurtured, it needs to grow. Your faith needs to grow. My faith needs to grow. I hate it, but it's true. And my faith needs to grow. Every day I'm challenged, including right now, um, <clears throat> with my faith. Uh, will I press into what I know to be so? Will I do what God says me to do? With That kind of thing. So what will you do with your faith? Not now, but tomorrow. What will you do with your faith the day after? What will you do with your faith when you face your family? What will you do with your faith as you face your job, as you face whatever the challenge or whatever the heat is? What will you do? Is your faith uh, real? Is it reliable? Is it deep enough to handle whatever comes along? If by some chance God is saying, you know what, the faith I give you, it's just not deep enough. Let's go deeper. Maybe that's where you are. And it's where I am every day. It's go a little deeper, go a little deeper. I need to trust him. I need to obey him. And I just can't slip, slip that at all. So as I'm in the journey, as prayerfully you are, maybe your journey needs to start with him. I believe this to, I, I've already believed it, but I need to do it. Then carry on in the journey. He'll be in good company. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for showing us once again that this walk with you, Lord Jesus, is never ever to be an easy walk, but it's the only way to walk. It is the way that is promised us uh, to help us not only through this, but to get to a better place. And so, Lord, uh, help us, every single one of us, may your spirit who prompts us right where we need it, speak to us, draw us closer to you, in Jesus' name. Amen.